It's a new year, and that means basketball season is in full swing. From Big Monday to Super Tuesday to the Montana women's and men's basketball teams, Paradise Falls is your hoops headquarters. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3 and Pluto TV capabilities, meaning they can broadcast every single college basketball game you can think of. Paradise Falls also has 18 draft beers, including six rotating taps, plus a variety of delicious food. Paradise Falls, open 7 a.m. till midnight, located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. When it comes to college hoops, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. Well, here on campus at the University of Montana, and happy to be joined in this week's ESPN Roundtable by an assistant coach on the University of Montana men's basketball team, Jay Flores. Jay, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you. It's been a, a great season so far in conference play. Obviously, the Grizz 6-1. and one. You're getting ready to get on the bus and head for Pokey and uh, <laughs> take on Idaho State. But just right now, I mean, everybody on the outside goes 6-1, and one, a game and a half up on, on you know the rest of the league. Everything looks good, but you know, you just get done with a practice. You know you got another big weekend swing and then the Cats after that. So where do you feel like this team is kind of at here a third plus of the way through the conference schedule? We talked a lot, a lot about it on uh, Monday. We're in a good spot. Like we, I think the guys have done a great job, especially if you look in the non-conference. We struggled to close out close games uh, in certain instances and I think like when we, we started off against NAU and SAC and got a little bit of confidence that we can get it done so we put ourselves in a good position but and I've said this about like five or six teams we're six and one right now we very easily could be three and four I mean we have had three or four one possession games that you know SAC State misses a free throw that gives us opportunity Kendall goes and makes his um, so we're in a good spot but I think the one thing that this this group has done a good job of and it's best especially been from the senior or the upperclassmen leadership is we've got to take an one day at a time since we got back from Christmas. Um, the Omaha game kind of, that was ours to to have and left a sour taste in our mouth and I feel like since then we've kind of refocused and been like, you know what, we got to take these practices to get better and improve so that when you see the products on Thursdays and Saturday nights, it's, it's what is representative of who we actually are. You know, you mentioned how tight some of the games have been, you and everybody else in this conference. <laughs> I mean, Idaho is... 13 points total loss in, in five games, you know, that they've lost by. So they could easily be 4-2, and 5-1 and one maybe, yet they're 1-5 and five at the bottom. Why is it that Montana and you guys have been able to win those games this, this year? You mentioned, you know, obviously coming out of Omaha, but other teams have not or have been splitting those, but, but the Grizz seem to consistently come out on top in those close matchups. You know, one of the big selling points when we're recruiting guys is just that this is this – program is about winning about your job. I mean, you and I were just sitting here talking about the history of coaches and how much success they've had. So we do have quite a few young guys, but I think the older guys are used to winning. You know what I mean? Like when you look at Kendall, Saeed, Timmy. I mean, Mac had a lot of success last year as a freshman. Jared Samuelson. Um, so when you have that confidence that you've gotten it done before, I think when it becomes uh, tight down the stretch and you say, okay, we got to make a one or two plays to make it happen then inside I expect it to do it. And, you know, wearing that Montana on the on the front of your jersey gives you a little bit more oomph, I think, in those situations. And I think on the flip side of it, when you play against Montana, in the back of your mind you're kind of thinking, oh, man, like, how's this going to go for us? Like, are we going to be able to get this done? And I think that plays a, a lot into it, and you have guys that – when you win, you're used to making winning plays. And, like, if you look at the couple games we've had, I mean, Kendall made some free throws. We've had guys step up and make big shots. Timmy steals the ball at Southern Utah. We've we've had those older guys to kind of just be like, you know what, guys, like, it's, it's my turn to make a play, and they've gotten it done. 
As an assistant coach on Travis DeCure's staff, big part of your job is putting together scouts of the rest of the league. I've covered this league now for 14 seasons. There's a lot of turnover at every level of, of college basketball this day and age. A lot of kids enter in the transfer portal or transferring or whatever it might be. But to me, it seems like this league this year has more turnover than ever. I mean, Portland State, I only recognize two guys on their team. Idaho, I mean, they had like nine new guys. Yeah. Idaho State, another one with C- Coach Ryan Looney as a first-year head coach. I mean, he brought in... It seemed like a dozen new players. So how much diff- how difficult is it to scout teams, especially when you have almost no familiarity with these guys from a face to face basis? Uh, that's that's a great question. You know, one of the I think basketball, college basketball in general, is trending that way where there's less patience overall in the game from uh, administrations to coaching staffs to players. I want stuff like right away, right now. So I think the biggest thing that has played into that turnover, like you say, is we there are so many coaching changes. You know, Jack Murphy left NAU. Uh, um, uh, Idaho State had a coaching turnover. Idaho, like there's a lot of interim guys, and so when you have that, they bring new systems in, they bring new players in, and you are really still trying to. Right now, seven games in, we're still. I mean, Montana State, I, like that's my next scout, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, like Harold Frey is still the guy, but they have a lot of different peripheral pieces that go around him. And they play differently, so it is definitely um, different this year, even than just last year in terms of going to the Montana State scout. I knew exactly what they were going to do, like the specials they were going to run, and now this year, maybe you watch one or two extra games just to get a feel, and on top of that, there have been so many like upsets, so to speak, in terms of teams lower uh, with worse records or beating teams with higher records. You're like, man, like Anything could happen on these nights because it's so it's so unusual. With with this league, I mean, I, we watched Idaho the other night. Idaho's pretty good. I mean, they, they all, you guys beat them worse than anybody's beat them before, and you only won by four. You look at those standings. I mean, Weber State is in second to last place, but Weber State has one of the best players in the league. So, is is there actually even such thing as an upset in this league this I, year? That, that's a great question. I just say that in terms of right. teams with worse records have beat teams with sure. better records, but we talk about it as a staff all the time. This is a day-at-a-time thing because, realistically, the conference winner this year could have six losses, maybe seven losses. You know, I mean, you never really know. Idaho, on paper, has the worst record in the conference. After we left them, after, after they left the gym, I was like, man, like... That going to Idaho, that's going to be a hard, hard game to win. You know what I mean? And they all are. And you just got to try to stay the course. And, you know, there's going to be times that probably we don't play as good as we want to play. And then a team is playing well that night and making some shots. And if we don't come out on top, you got to be able to regroup. And because, like you say, like you could be beaten by anybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's up for grabs. Jay Flores joining us. He's assistant coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. And Jay, let's take you back a little bit. You were a great player at Chico State and, and uh, conference MVP, if I've got it right. And uh, we went on to play professionally in Mexico for a year when you were done. But did you know when you were playing that, hey, coaching is 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 a thing I'd like to pursue? Because we know well, however well, how, whatever kind of player you were, you start on the bottom rung, man. When you get into the coaching ranks, is that something that you said, "Hey, I don't care. This is what I this is what I want to do. I want to stay in the game." For sure, that's a great question. When I got to uh, Chico State, where I went to school, where Coach Cobb uh, coached me at, um, the, one of my assistant coaches called me in the office and said, "Hey, what do you like? What do you want to do once you're done playing?" Yeah, once you're done playing. And then I said, I, "I haven't really thought about it. I want to stay around basketball." He said, "Well, you'd make a great coach." And then I said, "Well, that's. I mean, that sounds fun to me." And um, then he kind of got me in because it was in the off season so in the summer times I started working camps and I always knew it was something that I wanted to 
I, I think I identified with coaches. You know, you said conference MVP. I, I averaged about nine points a game my senior year. It was a lot due to the, the team's success. But I think that I, if you ask somebody how I played, I, I think I played like a coach on the floor. I think I, I tried to um, get guys in the right spots and direct traffic and know what was going on with the other team and our own team. So I always wanted to be a leader on the court, and I think that that kind of translated into knowing that this could be a career that, one, is really fun. I always say, especially specifically here at University of Montana, being able to live in Missoula, this is a dream job. You know what I mean? Like this is, is, is as, as an assistant coach, I don't think it gets much better than this in terms of the level, how big time the basketball is. But I I always thought coaching in general would be a special career where I could stay around basketball and, and help people, which is like the main thing. It's interesting too. You mentioned Chris Cobb was on that staff at Chico for a couple of years as an assistant while you were a player, so you guys had that connection from that time and that kind of carried on. But then you went on uh, and were an assistant on a Division two school in California, right? And it's interesting the, the three years you were there, that team was not very good. I mean, they struggled throughout those three years. Then you come to the University of Montana and fifth the first year, but first the last two, and you're you're on top again. What is the difference in something like culture? I realize the levels are different and all that kind of stuff, but to go from a place where it it is, you know, it is a struggle, and you know, the the, the wins are kind of few and far between, and then you come here, and it's expected that basically every night out, it's going to be a dub. For sure, that's a, it's been great for my coaching career, career to experience both ends of the spectrum. You know, when uh, Coach Arginal, who I worked for at Cal State East Bay, took over, we they were transitioning from a lower level into the Division Two ranks, and we knew it was going to be a process. And I always say it is that experience was invaluable for me because we were growing the program program from like the absolute bottom you know what I mean and I had to do everything and actually what's interesting now is if you look at our staff between myself coach Cobb and coach Payne all three of us have lower level coaching experiences where you you don't have a lot of support so you just kind of you know you're academic advisor you run recruiting you do the travel you do the scouts you're helping in practice it is all encompassing and I think it helps make you a better coach now I will say when like I said, and I said before, when you put that Montana jersey on, that means it's 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 bigger. And Travis says it all the time to the guys: this program is bigger than any one individual that has ever been here. You know, and from Coach Montgomery to Stu Morrill to Blaine Taylor, you know, there have been guys to come through, and the the thing just keeps running. And I think part of that is the support of the community and just how special of a place this is. But it was. Interesting. It was an interesting experience just coming in, and you know we struggled in that uh, non-conference my first year here in 2016-17. I want to say what it was what it was. That's correct. Um, yeah, <laughs> the years blur together already. But we struggled in non-conference, and all of a sudden you get to conference, and bang, we start off five and one. You know what I mean? We, the only loss was Jeremy Singlin his step back three at the buzzer in overtime, and. The, the mentality of the guys here was just a little bit different in terms of like, this is what it is, guys. Like, this is what we got to do to get it done. Sometimes it's stressful juggling all your responsibilities on the weekends. You know you need to do your chores. You know you want to spend time with your family. But really, you just want to watch football all day. Paradise Falls is the perfect option for a family-friendly place to hang out and still have a chance to catch all the games. Open 7 a.m. till midnight and offering breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Paradise Falls has 30 big-screen TVs, ESPN3 capabilities, and much, much more. So you buy Paradise Falls on Brook Street anytime you're in the mood for some food or some football. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. There's 350 or so Division I programs in the country, and 
the expectations vary at each school. The expectations here are arguably as high as anywhere in the country. Maybe not national championship, but certainly to win the Big Sky go to the NCAA tournament perennially. But the resources aren't like they are at North Carolina, Kansas, and Syracuse. So what's it like balancing? I mean, you guys have as much pressure in terms of your on-job performance as anybody, but you don't have a $50 million budget like some schools. So what's the balancing act like as far as just approaching how to take on those high expectations? That's an that's an interesting question because I don't really you don't you know you just get encompassed with Montana basketball you don't really think about all of that and I will say after being to the NCAA tournament two years in a row it's the greatest experience you could ever have as a college basketball coach or player um, I think that when you see the level of basketball there every program is should be excited to be there every single year, regardless if you're North Carolina or University of Montana. I think one of the things that we do a great job of, and uh, Travis says it all the time, is enjoy being good. So essentially, that's just enjoy the process and just don't worry about the end result of like, hey, let's make the NCAA tournament, let's win the cha- let's win the regular season championship. I think it is more of a day-to-day, hey guys, let's have a great practice today, and let's have a great practice tomorrow, and let's have a great shoot-around on Thursday so that when we play against Idaho State on Thursday night, we're ready to rock and we put the best, we can play the best basketball we can. Because if it, the, the, the toughest part about this level, right, is that you can do it day-to-day over the course. I mean, look at the first year we won the championship in 2017-18. We played... I mean, we kind of dominated the league a little bit, finishing 16-2, and two, and then we essentially almost lost all three games in the conference <laughs> right. tournament. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, literally, with the ESPN meter said uh, that Northern Colorado had a 99% chance to win. So you can be about the process every day, and then some things get taken out of your hands. And, you know, lucky enough that we were able to get it done. But if you just worry about being the best basketball team you can, then hopefully when you get to March in those three days – you are the best team you can, and the chips fall where they may. That ESPN meter doesn't know anything, okay? <laughs> we know this. We're on the inside. We make that meter, right, Coulter? <laughs> well, you, you mentioned how fun it is to play in the NCAA tournament, but getting there, too, I mean, covering you guys in the last two tournaments has been one of the most, one of our great pleasures that we've got a chance to do. I mean, I, the North Colorado game in the semifinals of the tournament and the last year in Reno, I'll never forget it. I mean, I fell out of my chair three times just watching the game. I mean, Jordan Davis's dunk. The missed free throws, you know, the crazy Bobby Moorhead gets the ball, takes it back. I mean, you couldn't even make this stuff up. But just going through the tournament the last couple of years, playing on a neutral side, taking everybody's best shots, what are some of your best memories of those experiences? Everyone talks about, and and I will say the Northern Colorado game is the single greatest um, comeback, I, considering the stakes and everything that was on the line and how well they were playing and all that, that was the single greatest game looking back that I've ever been part of. I will say, during the game, that was not fun. <laughs> you know, I looked at Riley Bradshaw when we were down uh, six or eight, however many it was, I said, man, this is going to take something special. And Riley Bradshaw just turned to me, he's like, we'll be okay. I was like, man, you're very calm. I'm, uh, that makes me happy. Uh, the, the, anytime the first time you do it, and especially because we were down a half in all three games in Reno, it, it was special. But, you know, that, that Weber State game um, last year in Boise with the crowd, Boise was essentially like a home environment for us. And just like the um, energy and the intensity of every moment, the shot would go through and you hear the crowd going crazy but just to come out against Weber you know with the the rivalry like this the history of the two programs and to just 
I mean, arguably, you could say that's the best since I've been here that a Montana team has played in a game. No I think the Northern Colorado game at Northern Colorado last year, we, we were very focused and dialed in. But once again, it comes back down to the stakes of uh, the NCAA tournaments on the line. Th- that is probably the, the number one thing when Ahmad Rory comes out and just get, I mean, made his first five or six shots. Um, it, was a, it was a moment I'll definitely never forget, just the en- entirety of the game. And uh, the coaching staff will joke with you. Um, obviously we all get on edge but one of the best moments in the game is they like hit a three or something like that and I like turn I'm like son of a gun like what's going on here and then I look up and I thought we were up 27 but we were up 37 (laughs) and so I was like okay I I probably can I probably can scale it back a little bit right now Um, you know when you talk about that, that game was it was the most impressive I've ever seen a Montana team be. You can't pick the days when all the shots are going to fall. Okay, I, get, <laughs> I wish you could. I get that, but what is it about? You talked about being dialed in that northern uh, northern Colorado game and the Weber game. Nobody comes out and goes, ah, I'm going to do 93% today. I'm going to do 95% today. Like Everybody comes out wanting and attempting to play their absolute best every day. What's the key to actually doing that? And I realize maybe there's not like an off, yeah. obvious answer here, but how do you make that happen? Because everybody's preparing for three or four days in March, right? For sure, no doubt. And, and this actually goes back to the question you talked about um, like when, when I first got here. I think it all comes back down to preparation you know, and, and, and start from the top down. I love making fun of Travis more than anybody, just in terms of joking around, giving him a, giving him a tough time. But that guy, d- during the season specifically, prepares like his life depends on it. You know, like for example, we beat Idaho on Saturday night. He probably stays up till like two o'clock in the morning watching both teams of the upcoming game, uh, upcoming game. So Idaho State and Weber State, so that um, on Sunday he can hang out with his daughter a little bit, but then he'll watch more. A lot of times he'll rewatch the game that we just watched. So to make a long answer short, I think every team goes in being like, "All right, like this is we we need to be right for right now." But the preparation on a daily basis that goes into what we do for games and for practices, I mean, Travis is as organized as anybody I've been around in terms of down to the minute of what we're doing in practice. And he always says, I want you guys to feel the most prepared that you possibly can when you step on the floor. So then you're just playing basketball, you know what I mean? Like, you know what we want to do, and you're just going out and, and doing what you do, you know? So I think that when every single game is treated, whether we're playing uh, Montana Northern or Weber State for the championship, it all is treated the exact same way, that when the stakes get higher, you just it feels the same. You know what I mean? And I think that that is one of the biggest things that Travis brings. Obviously, he's a phenomenal coach, but his level of preparation and intensity to prepare is... I mean, I have not been around a lot of guys. He's only my seventh year coaching, but it's pretty elite. There's a reason he wins a lot of games. Jay Flores. University of Montana men's assistant coach joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable. Last year's senior class, one of the most successful in school history, and you guys had such a great run with them. First the uh, three years ago when it was kind of a struggle, and then to watch them blossom and win 52 games. But this year's team distinctly different. What are the biggest differences you notice about this year's team from last year's team, and what gives you optimism? What do you like about this year's team? Um, the older guys this year have really um, in my knock on wood have turned the corner in terms of um, taking the pressure so to speak off the younger guys since Christmas maybe a little bit before Christmas time and I think what you saw at the beginning of the year obviously our schedule was the absolute gauntlet but the the 
we were all still blending together. So guys that were on the team last year were taking on new roles and had new responsibilities and all that. So they weren't really sure what they were being asked to do, in my opinion, um, because the new guys were still trying to fit in too because we were trying to see what they had. So to, to answer your question of like what's the biggest difference, I think the this has been in some ways more fun um, just because it's been more of a challenge. But um, since Christmas time, I think that we have kind of turned the corner of those older guys have been pretty consistent players. You look at Timmy, you look at Kendall, you look at Jared, you look at Saeed. So then you can look at DJ Carter Hollinger, Josh, and Kyle, and there's not as much pressure on them as freshmen to do X, Y, or Z when they go out on the floor. So when you don't feel that on top of you, then you can go out and play a little bit looser and things happen a little bit easier for you. You know what I mean? Obviously, Saeed's been unbelievable the whole season, but now all of a sudden, the last couple of games, he's had you know seven or eight assists and those guys are getting easy shots and you start to get more confident. You know what I mean? So I think the most biggest difference and most fun thing has been watching these younger guys grow as they, you know, kind of just uh, permeate into the team how they feel they can. Like where the, you know, DJ Collar jumps up in the biggest game of the year and has 20 and 14. If, you know, all these guys are not making shots and making the game easier for him, he probably doesn't do that. You know what I mean? So that's been the most fun part and the biggest difference so far. You and your wife just welcomed in the first uh, baby this past year to uh, the family. Congratulations on that. JJ, hanging out with you now. How much is that? I don't know. I mean, it's always going to change a, a, a guy's perspective when he becomes a father and all that. But in terms of professionally with your career and stuff like that, I don't know the right way to say it, the interface there between being a dad and being now a coach and understanding, okay, you know, trying to find the balance and also the joy of it and the whole thing. Um, first off, I appreciate it. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. There is no more important job than being a dad. You know, I think the, the two things it has done, one, it has helped me realize, and I mean this in a good way in terms of the job, like you have to rank your priorities, right? Like I don't have as much time just to hang out in the office because he needs to have me at home, especially because we're gone. So, you know, I just saw him and then we leave and come back Sunday. But I think that you're able to understand um, the players a little bit on a different level. You know what I mean? Um, just in terms of the love that I have for my son, you want to be able to replicate that with the players, right? Like we always say, like we are a family. And so when they're going through tough times, I think you're a little bit more compassionate of just understanding like, man, like I got to help them out. You know, like, like there are things that, especially with the younger guys, like this is a whole new experience. They're away from their family. I think about if my son was, you know, we have a lot of California kids. If I was in Montana, he was in California, I would want someone there to have their best. And we always had that, but I think you understand it a little bit differently when you have a son and you love him, how, how you can love him. It, it, it makes you look at these guys even a little bit more differently than before. University of Montana on the road this weekend, Thursday, Idaho State, Saturday, Weber State, and then back for the Cats a week from Saturday. Jay Flores, appreciate the time. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's award show season, and Paradise Falls is rolling out the red carpet with brand-new dinner specials all month long. Try the Steak Oscar, a 14-ounce hand-cut New York strip steak cooked to your liking, topped with rich lobster meat and a decadent holidays. Or have the Salmon Oscar, an 8-ounce wild Alaskan sockeye salmon filet smothered in lobster and the homemade holiday sauce. Black tie optional or come as you are. Have dinner in paradise at Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Open 7 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week.